0: blog talk radio hi there i'm mary eileen williams at feisty side of 50 radio and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older and life doesn't get much better than enjoying a gripping tale of intrigue and suspense and few writers can claim to keep millions of readers actually over 130 30 million of us, eagerly turning pages like best-selling author David Baldacci. David's just added another book to his already impressive list. It's called One Good Deed, and he's joining us today to share all about it. So welcome, David.
1: Hey, great. It's great to be back. Thank you.
0: Well, and, and you mentioned being back. It has been such a pleasure. I've had a wonderful opportunities to interview you on several occasions over the years. And before we get started on this book, I just have to say your imagination truly amazes me because not only are your books bestsellers and, of course, well-written, and, but you uh, have included such a range of topics and characters. I know you've written some children's literature, young adult fiction like Vega Jane series, and Amos One of my all time favorites, uh, the hero with hyperthymesia. (laughs) But today you are taking another leap of faith and introducing a brand new character and a brand new time frame. So tell us a little bit about Aloysius Archer and his adventures that take place in
1: 1949. So he's a World War II vet. He fought overseas. He's back now in the country. Um, He got into trouble and was sent to prison for a crime he didn't really commit. He got out, he was paroled, and he has to serve that parole in a town called Paca City, which is sort of in the south-central U.S. It's a small town that wants to be a big town. You know, the the, the late 40s were a transition period. The baby boomer generation was being born. People were back from the war. They wanted a fresh start. They pulled up their roots, and they went somewhere else looking for fame and fortune and ambition and all that. So it was a great time period for the U.S., but also a lot of uncertainty. Men came back from the war. Women were forced out of the factories and and the workplace back into the homes because of that. You know, huge housing sites were being built all around the country to accommodate all the new families. So he goes to Pocket City, which wants to be a big city and has a lot of ambition and aspirations, and runs into a buzzsaw of intrigue and mystery and suspense and ultimately murder. (laughs) And, you know, the 40s were just a, a cool time period to write about. I, you know, two of my favorite movies are Chinatown and The Big Sleep, and I'm a big Raymond Chandler fan, and I always wanted to write Crime to War, and this is my chance to do it.
0: Well, and I, that's the thing that I, like I said, at the top of the show, I was saying, my gosh, your imagination must run wild. But uh, being a boomer, I, I, of course, I love all your books. But this one, I think, really kind of spoke to uh, our generation, because, of course, your heroes are, are people our parents age and some of the mores and the more interesting aspects that you found out or you discuss in the book actually we we felt the benefits of those growing up in the 50s so were any of uh, the aspects of of the of your research did they surprise you or did you want to make sure that you really fleshed it out in the book or tell us a little bit about you just mentioned the 40s being such a favorite era of yours
1: yeah, you, you know, what I really had to do, I had to immerse myself in that time period and not make sure that I didn't let any sort of modern day technology and things creep into what I was writing about. So I had to really uh, focus on the words, lingo, terminology, vernacular, the clothes they wore, the cigarettes they smoked, the cars they drove, how much things cost back then, <laughs> where they would go to eat, you know, how they would communicate. Um, you know, it's not like there were no computers and smartphones and no Internet back then, and there was no Amazon to order stuff from. You know, you just, if you ordered something, it was going to be from the Sears and real Book catalog, and you'd get it in a month if you were lucky. So it was, you know, it was it was a lot of research, but it really was it was cool. You know, I I learned that basically, you know, in the 1949, if you if you were thinking about the cost of money back then and time value of money, and then just what it translated to today, is you just times it by 10. <laughs> So um, I I enjoyed the research. But again, writing a novel, you can't just take the research and stuff it in there somewhere. It has to appear organically and naturally in the novel. And that's what I really tried to do because I needed to immerse you in the late 40s. If you didn't believe you were actually there, the book wasn't going to be nearly as powerful.
0: Well, and you certainly did that. And the other thing is I know uh, throughout your writing and especially with your, you know, your thrillers, your contemporary work, uh, you talk, uh, you really flesh the characters out is what I was trying to say. Uh, Even the women, you have a wonderful command of of our gender and the ways that we uh, operate in the world. But this must have been especially challenging because, of course, the gender roles back then were totally different.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they absolutely were. There was a lot of misogyny going on back then, and and Archer, had Archer sort of, if anything, sort of be my modern perspective on that a little bit. But you know, he, as he admitted in the in the in the book, he had done many of these same things that you know the guys were doing that he now found found repulsive. Um, and it's easy to say that's just the way it was back then. And that doesn't make it right, but I couldn't hide from that. I mean, I wanted to show that as well. I wasn't going to sugarcoat the fact that, you know, women were, you know, objectified and discriminated against and just uh, treated as lesser class citizens. Um, I sort of took that on, you know, full face and uh, wrote about that, but allowed Archer to evolve a little bit on that issue and come to find out that, you know what, there's far more, Uh, to the other gender than the 1940s would typically allow. And that was a big growth moment for him going forward.
0: Well, I, David, I, I too, I mean, talking about immersing yourself in, in, in the era, you also have to immerse yourself in your writing. I, I do you, I mean, like, what, what's, you said you mentioned at the top of the show you enjoy these two movies, but, and Raymond Chandler uh, books, but what, I mean, what brought you to think of, I really want to write a new character and perhaps, hopefully, a new series?
1: Well, I was on tour for Long Road to Mercy last year, and I was in the One Good Re- Deed really started out as a short story that I thought would maybe be published as an e book only sort of thing. Um, and I wanted something to do you know, at the end of the day after touring and all that, and I don't really sleep a lot in a hotel, so I would. Right you know at night late at night when I was on tour, and the book just sort of took off the pages are flying from my fingertips um and because I just was immersed in the story and the character and plot lines and everything were just coming very easily for me, so at the end of about three months, I had over four hundred pages, and you know I'd always wanted to write in the crime noir field because it was a genre that really spoke to me and one I enjoyed reading about um but I never anticipated it was going to be a full-fledged novel until I really got into it and started writing it, and it just took off like, you know, it had an identity of its own.
0: Wow. Well, and I'm thinking, I know a number of your books have been turned into movies and TV shows. This one has an awfully good chance of doing doing that. And are you thinking of adding any more uh, adventures or uh, books about Aloysius?
1: Yes, absolutely. My, the publisher, when I sent the book up, they had no idea he was even writing it, so they were flabbergasted, but they loved the book, they loved the character. Um, we did a two-book deal initially for Aloysius Archer, so he'll be back in at least one more that I'm thinking about right now. So, But I see a lot of room for him to grow and, and do different things, and you know, I think he's a keeper. He's going to be around for a while.
0: Well, I think so, too. And, again, uh, being a boomer. And, actually, I've checked out, you are at the tail end on the other end <laughs> of the boomer generation. <laughs> but, I mean, these are especially we can relate to these novels. So I'm so excited to be able to share this latest book with my audience. Uh, we've only got a minute or so left, but I don't want to leave you without talking about another passion of yours in addition to your writing, and that is the Wish You Well Foundation. Can you give us any updates on that?
1: Yeah, um, we um, we fund literacy organizations and programs across the country. We had a really great year last year. We funded about 50 programs last year, and we'll probably fund a similar number this year. We've funded programs and initiatives in pretty much all all of the 50 states, and we'll continue to do so. Our book collection effort we partner with Feeding America for the nation's food banks. Um, my last three tours, we've collected lots of books for that and and distributed them across the food banks because people seeking food assistance often have low literacy skills, which is one reason why they're impoverished. So we're trying to fill homes up with books as well, and we'll continue to do that. And we, I think we've reached the 2 million book uh, collection point after six years and have sent those books around the country. So we're going to keep going, hitting on all cylinders.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Well, David, in addition, again, to all your success, you are successful as a human being, and that's coming straight from me. <laughs> so congratulations on this latest book, and thank you for your time. Of course, your amazing creativity and sharing about this Latest must read, One Good Deed.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Well, uh, I can tell from personal experience this one is a real page turner, so I am encouraging everyone out there, please take a look at One Good Deed. Again, David's books are all wonderful, but this one speaks to our generation especially. Excuse me, until next time, this is Mary Irene Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio saying I'll catch you later. Bye bye.